This is part two of a two-part podcast. I'm Edward Norton. No, not that one, the other one, and I love pies. No, not that kind, the other kind. Hermes is an old-school forum packed full of friendly people who occasionally give out a slice of pie. You'll never forget your first slice of pie. It made me feel so good, I had to buy a whole pie so I could share the love. Oh, and there's apples too. Sign up at permies.com to join in the world of homesteading and permaculture, and you too might get a slice of pie. So, uh, all right, all right, um, moving along. Uh, the next bit that he says that I quote is, and we shouldn't pretend that our solar photovoltaics, for example, uh, exempt us from this. They still require mining and transportation infrastructures at every point in the production process. The same can be said for every other so-called green technology. My response is, well said. Okay. My next piece on this is, I guess my approach is to make a long, long list of stuff that people can do themselves in their backyard. <laughs> there, there it is. There's the foundation of the book. Or in their house. Or on their homestead. And I hope to connect these ideas to millions of people. And I hope like-minded people also share oodles of bits and bobs for others to do. And they also connect those ideas to millions of people. And those millions tell millions more. And these ideas start to make their way to industry. Because industry is loaded the gills with people. Further still, with a lot of these ideas, I like to attach the word permaculture, I hope that people will hear the word enough that they will think of looking towards permaculture to find a huge catalog of good ideas to explore. Earlier I said, in that book, he points out that if everybody in the world did all the things that were supposedly better, then it still wouldn't make any tangible difference. And so I want to, at the very least, come up with a recipe so that if everybody in the world did all of the things, then it would make a huge and positive difference. It would truly solve most of the world's problems that we are currently discussing in this thread. And it all starts in our homes and in our brains. And I think this path of building good things is more productive than being angry at bad guys. Let's get to work. All right. So, now... For today's podcast, and I've, and I've got a little another little part to mention in here that I wrote a little bit later in this thread. But um, for today's podcast, we're going to um, travel another little short path that connects us to this thing about why don't we have better permaculture leaders? Um, but for now, we're going to talk about personal change versus political change. But do you guys have any feedback about the stuff we've covered so far? So, I mean, I think Derek Jensen's brilliant, but I do also believe that I'm I'm shooting for a path that's very different from what you're shooting for. Yeah. Well, I mean, Derek Jensen is an anarchist, <laughs> so he's got a different he's got a different path. And his path has great reliance on people being essentially good and generous. Anarchy doesn't really work unless everybody is good and generous. And 
your path, I would say, is a bit more reality-based. And you're like, well, okay, some of those people aren't good and generous, but I'm going to be over here doing my thing, and other smart people will see that I have a better life and want to get some of what I got. I I like the idea that the stuff that we come up with has the potential to be viral. Mm-hmm. As, as people seek out either saving money or luxury. And, and so, uh, if somebody goes and they get themselves a whole bunch of extra luxury, then in theory, other people are going to be like, I want luxury too. You can't stop hogging all the luxury. I get some. And so then the, then, then hopefully it goes viral, not due to sacrifice but due to opulence. And so um every hopefully these ideas will take off because of because of that. Um mm-hmm. I I feel like the probability is is much higher. But but in order to just be able to counter the thing like there's nothing anybody can do. There's there's nothing there's nothing that one person can do that'll make a difference. And I kind of feel like that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about these ideas going viral. And um, and so if, if we've got 30 tons to deal with, can we take one person and, and add luxury to their life, add money to their pocket, and get their carbon footprint to be zero or even lower? And I think that, yes, yes, we can. And that's the recipe that we're coming up with. All right. Um, I show a graph that comes from uh, – uh, the Department of Energy, and uh, it's it's showing the average household how Americans produce emissions, carbon dioxide per household, and it's it's saying that it's 59 tons. But keep in mind that's 59 tons per household, and then it turns out that um, the number of adults in the United States is almost exactly double that of the number of households. So, therefore, um, we could easily take these numbers and cut them in half. We'd go from 59 tons to roughly 30 tons per adult. Uh, then I, I go on. I, I add to the, the what I wrote earlier. Uh, I like how it makes it clear that all industrial stuff is not just an us and them thing, but it's all an us thing. We have to own our own shit. But even more, it gives us the ability to have traction. We can begin to qualify and quantify our lives. In fact, we can see the numbers so clearly that we can not only mitigate our own impact, but we could even take steps to compensate for a dozen people. So this graph suggests that the average carbon footprint in the U.S. is, rounding up a bit, 60 tons, and the world average is, rounding again, 10 tons, so that's one of the things they kind of shared, is the world average is 10 tons per household. If we consider the wheat and eco scale, we might say that if you're a level two, you cut your carbon footprint to half of the U.S. average, 30 tons. Level four, you cut your carbon footprint to zero. At level six, your carbon footprint is perhaps negative 600 tons per year. At level eight, your carbon footprint's negative 100,000 tons per year. According to the graph, heating is about 5.8 tons. Since I live in Montana, mine might be closer to 8 tons. 
I now heat almost exclusively with rocket mass heaters. So I think I've already cut about six tons. The Wafati experiments might cut that down a lot. Jocelyn and I work from home, no commute. Although we do travel further on our trips to town, usually we use a Prius C, so maybe we pick up another six tons. So actually, I gotta say that, um, there's, there's a lot of this, a lot of the stuff I'm saying right now where I've learned more, and these numbers are not great numbers. So for example, your average car, um, is four tons per year for 12,000 miles per year. And, um, a, a Prius C, which gets um, almost double the mileage of your average American car, uh, is half that. So it's like two tons per year, which happens to be about what an electric car gets. Let's see. Um, then there's the large-scale seed planting and the hubiculture stuff, maybe a few tons there this year. But as those plants and trees get bigger, dun 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 of course, we are running some big equipment to do our experiments. That puts a lot of carbon in the air, and we're also conducting forestry practices where we keep our carbon out of the air, so we gain it back. As we grow more and more food here, that reduces a lot of carbon footprint that is embedded grocery store food, as well as vehicle carbon. Through these kinds of things, I may cut my carbon to 30 tons per year. So let's talk about getting it to zero. I need to put a lot of organic matter into the soil and grow oodles of trees. Trees are made of mostly carbon. Organic matter in the soil is mostly carbon. I have hundreds of acres, so I think I can do a lot of this. So now maybe I can get my carbon footprint to be negative. 100 tons per year, my carbon footprint then compensates for a dozen people or so. So all by myself, there's something I can do in my backyard to offset the carbon footprint, of a dozen people. It can be done. Now the question is, how do I offset the carbon footprint of a thousand people? I don't think the answer is to get more land. I think the answer is to make a long list of small things and connect each thing to a million brains. But you cannot do it without first making the long list of small things. You cannot do it if you don't connect a million brains to each thing. Once I have offset the carbon footprint for a thousand people, it becomes possible that I might have offset the carbon footprint for a million people. And once I've done that, it's possible to solve the CO2 problem for the world. And I never attended a protest, talked to a politician, ran for office, or got angry at bad guys. It all starts with solving these problems in my own backyard. This isn't rocket science. It's just one part give a shit and one part hard work. So, um, there you go. That's the Derek Jensen's personal change versus political change. Um, I think that the political change thing is a rigged playing field. And so, um, and I think that it's corporate trolls that try to encourage us to go into the political arena instead of doing things for ourselves. And they're just trying to protect the, their employers' interests to have all of us continue to consume just as we always have. So I I think that the stuff that's in the better, Building a Better World uh, book is stuff that's going to make quite a difference, but it's also going to take money away from a bunch of corporations. And so I can understand how a lot of corporations are going to be discouraging people from the things in my book.
Mm. All right. So, any any more stuff about personal change versus political change? No. No. Okay. All right. Um, I want to touch on something that we touched on in a previous podcast, which is going to lead us from where we are now into why don't we have better permaculture leaders? And so um, that's going to be uh, – um, I recently was, was reading some stuff that was rather unkind uh, towards me. And it was also being unkind to all of our permaculture leaders. It was basically saying, Jeff is saying Jeff Lawton is all horrible. Sep is horrible. That I'm horrible. That, that all these people are horrible. And, and you know, I am still struggling to even begin to understand, like, what is one thing, even, even one thing where I have behaved poorly in any way, shape or form. I got nothing. And of course, I have a bit of bias in this space, but I kind of feel like I have been extremely generous, and I have not earned these unkind words. And of course, while I do not know Jeff Lawton or Sepp Holzer or any of our other permaculture leaders all that well, I also feel like the unkind things that are being said about them is equally baseless. So I kind of feel like there's a lot of good people doing good work and being very generous and then receiving a lot of nasty that they didn't earn and that that is setting all of permaculture back a lot. Because it's the people, these are people who claim to love permaculture that are saying these unkind things. And so yesterday... I I kind of connected some dots, and I came up with something which helps me feel better. And to, to it helps to motivate me to continue to move forward. And, it, and it's a, uh, one of the points is is that the, some people build good things, and some people just need to watch the world burn. Now, in my keynote at, at Permaculture Voices 1, I uh I shared a lot of this information and I think that the audio from all of that is in is in a podcast. Uh so I won't repeat all of that. Um but uh I I do think that um it's fair to say that in other groups and other communities that the people that just need to watch the world burn is less than 1% but somehow permaculture attracts the people that want to watch the world burn. And so we have like more than 10% of our permaculture community is made up of these people who want to watch the world burn, which is very unfortunate. And so that means that every time somebody stands up to do something great, then they get this unearned hostility, which is kind of like what we talked about in a smackdown or two back as we're exploring Katie trying to get into sharing what she's learned, but she doesn't want to get that yuckiness that comes with it. And I just kind of feel like I, you know, permaculture just has this bizarre thing where there's so much more of that. But 
All right. Then this leads into this, this next bit. Uh, why don't we have better permaculture leaders? And so, uh, this is an, a little thing that I wrote out at, um, uh, out at Permits. This morning, Jocelyn, this is from three years ago. This morning, Jocelyn told me about something she saw on Facebook. It said something like, why don't we have better permaculture leaders? It devolved into a lot of speculation and, Jocelyn said, there were people that were trying to shame others into what they thought would be needed for good permaculture leadership. Eventually, the OP presented the three leaders he had in mind when he proposed that we need better leaders. I'm glad to say that I made that top three list. Woohoo! Uh, and at the same time, I also wish we had some magnificent person that was 30 times better than the likes of me leading the way. Maybe if Willie Smith had a team that was teaching several PDCs a year and was labeling his stuff a bit more openly as permaculture and had another team handling Q&A all over the Internet, we might have the leader we wish for. Of course, it would probably be less than a month until he was openly targeted by corporate trolls and our own trolls from within. The OP said something about looking for great permaculture examples in the U.S. I suspect that there are a 100 great examples in the U.S. And at some point early on, they started to share their stories, only to get shouted down by permaculture people. In time, they decided to just run silent. I think this addresses I think I addressed a lot of this in my PD1 keynote, Increasing the Velocity of Permaculture. And in podcast 111, innovation is a drama magnet. But I think a much bigger point to be made that has not been made is notice how that is brought up on Facebook. What a great place for corporate trolls and permaculture trolls to thrive. The problem is that the lovely people that are doing great things get crushed. So we are trying to create a community here at permies.com so that the lovely people don't get crushed and they can grow into the magnificent leaders that we're looking for. If you have a great conversation on Facebook, it's typically gone in a week. Permies.com is designed to have perennial discussion on the perennial topics of permaculture. A conversation from a year ago will be brought back up and continue with even more details. Good permaculture discussion on Facebook might get viewed by hundreds of people, maybe even a couple thousand people. That same discussion on permies will get viewed by tens of thousands of people, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people. If you poison your garden every week, very few plants will be able to tolerate that. But if you poison, if you have a poison-free garden and hand-weed out the plants that try to kill the other plants, then in time, you will grow some amazing new permaculture leaders. All right. And then I've got one other note that I want to read in here. And that is... Um, Jocelyn wrote a post. This is Jocelyn saying this. Uh, somebody asked if they, if uh, she could insert a, the Facebook link. And Jocelyn says, I'm going to dodge 
posting that link in part because I don't want to look at it again. The thing was, IMHO, it was a reactionary post and loads of rather trollish comments after there had been a lot of vitriol in one, several of the permaculture groups on Facebook. I mostly scanned through it to see if any mention was made of permies.com or Paul. My vague recollection is that one person mentioned Paul as one of the leaders along with Jeff Lawton and Jack Spierko. Here is my opinionated summary of the conversations that had gone on there. Not actual quotes, but my impressions of the implied content. Uh, first one was, vegan lifestyle is right, eating meat is wrong. This part went on and on prior to the leader's topic reaction. The next one is, where are the admins? Why aren't they moderating these awful comments? Next is, making money is wrong because permaculture ethics. Next, permaculture is racist and misogynistic. Next one is, people take what they want from the permaculture leaders and then move on. The next one, uh, we don't have any, many enough examples of, quote, real, unquote, permaculture. And the last one, who is really doing permaculture? To be fair, there were some reasoned, lovely replies by some lovely people. The lovely people gave good examples that were helpful, supportive, and presented a viewpoint without being derisive of the opposing view. Like folks here on Fermies.com. And there were people who kept calling others stupid, the worst of whom were banned, though a lot or most of those being trollish or vitriolic still remained. I particularly liked a reply or two that pointed out uh, the permaculture community in and of itself is not an inherently racist or misogynistic system, but since it's part of, since it's part or subset of society, it has inherited those tendencies from people and cultures it lies within. Where came from. Let's see. Uh, to be clear, uh, a vegan lifestyle is virtuous, healthy, and wonderful. Though I also think an omni diet can be too. And I would never insist on what is the healthiest, best, or virtuous diet for any other person. It's their choice. I applaud the things I like about food. Uh, likewise, I think making money is a wonderful, sustainable, returning the surplus or directing energy flows to the people care of the people kind of thing. Though I also admire those who are able to live as much outside our broken economic systems as possible. I would never demand that a person live with or without money in a certain way. I like to recognize thrift, reuse, buy it for life, agile work, and applaud folks, you know, things like apples and pie, doing amazing things in all of these realms. And isn't the projects forum here on Permis chock full of people really doing it? As an example, here's a pic from her keyhole garden and summer crowd thread. Okay. There's going to be a link and there's a lovely picture. So, so there, look at all those links to all those places on Permis.com where we can build each other up in a positive way instead of tearing each other down. Uh, okay. So the moral of the story is, 
is that I think the reason we don't have better permaculture leaders is because um, of the of the horrible of that of that whole burn attitude. That whole some people just need to watch the world burn. So they just they just kind of are so very very hostile. It's the hostility of of the permaculture community. Not everybody, a minority, just a few people being so hostile has really has really made it so that we can't have good permaculture leadership. All right, there. I'm I'm now putting it at your guys' feet for a moment. Hey, this is T. Blankenship. Are you a fan of pie? Where there is pie at permies.com. This pie grants the user of secret access. You also get free things like videos of Wheaton Labs, the ability to add two thumbs up, two posts, and more. To get pie, go to permies.com forward slash pie to get the inside scoop of what pie can do for you. Again, that is permies.com forward slash pie. Nothing? Well, Paul, I love your focus on solving problems. I think that's fantastic. Not just the talking about problems, but then taking action and then the talking that happens is the means to the end of solving the problems, not just like the social talking, which is fine, but, but, but directed talking. Um, because I think we, we really do have the power in a, a large group of our hands. Um, that if we were to want to fix the world's problems, if we did them together, we would at least learn what doesn't work. And could try another thing and then, then get to a solution for a lot of problems. Um, but so then, of course, we do need the leaders to, to help support uh, the, what people need to work in a group. Um, and I think having a place to, to figure out, like, small leaders can grow into bigger leaders. And I don't think you can do it the other way, right? So, <laughs> um, if you can have a tool sharing group, for instance, not that we couldn't do important things on our own. Of course, we can do that, but together, a tool sharing group, the more people you have in the tool sharing group, for instance, the the more important of a resource that can be for all the people who are able to work together. So brainstorming ways people can work together more easily, and especially with the, the modern technology that we most of us have access to uh, in the U.S., we might be able to brainstorm easier ways of sharing that cause less fires and stabbings. Um, but I think I think we have to like do physical problem solving in the real physical world uh, together. And my question is how to support these small things even more when, I mean, the Permis group is very spread out, which is good, but. I, I like the idea that it's being done together. That's, that's very lovely. And at the same time, I kind of feel like um, there's going to be a, 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 a People who are going to struggle to have a together and therefore bail and B, people who do manage to come together. But then if you've got a couple of these burners in the group, it becomes very discouraging very fast. I, I think that the, I mean, I, I love the idea of coming together. I mean, I'm, I'm such a powerful advocate of community, but I kind of feel like community is going to be made out of, cause it's intentional community. It's going to be made entirely out of people who have the intent to have community. And the burners clearly do not have the intent to build community. Their intent is is to dissolve community. Um, not, And it's usually not even intentional. It's almost 
entirely unintentional. They're doing it in the name of trying to build community. And, uh, and, but their, their nature is to burn community. So, um, the, the thing I'm trying to say is, is that I think what is a, probably a more successful recipe, possibly even a recipe that will lead to the thing that you're suggesting, is going to be things that people can do individually. And then the next thing is, is that after you've done something individually, you can share it with others. Look at this thing that I did individually. And then, and then uh, others can see it, see what, see what has been made. And then they'll say, I want some of that too. And that's how it's going to spread. And it's possible that when you have enough examples of it, that people could come together to do it. And then they've got a clear common goal. But when it's experimental, I think a lot of people tend to want to burn it first before trying it. All right. Anything else? No. I love the idea of getting some real permaculture leaders. Somebody who coordinates and um, uh, provides public and free documentation and solutions. And I don't know, somehow, like, like I can imagine a great permaculture leader speaking in a lot of different conferences and, and things of that nature to um, help, help build knowledge, build information, possibly putting together videos or something about, uh, ideas and concepts and how to get things to work. Um, it seems to me that some people take a, like they want leaders as in they want a clearinghouse for the knowledge. They want somebody to say that idea is good. That idea is not good. I mean, ultimately as far as sharing knowledge, you know, there's permies.com, there's YouTube, there's lots of, um, you know, knowledge or data, I guess, out there. And so maybe that, that having that leader that would say, well, this is like the official approved, this will work type of knowledge versus this is corporate trolls spreading disinformation or people saying, oh, this, you know, um, metal lined rocket mass heater will certainly work, but I'll never tell you that it actually burnt out and people taking that and wasting their time on, you know, knowledge. It's, you know, information that's not really useful. Um, I think a great example is Bill Mollison said that there's no metaphysics in permaculture which I think was really important. And so we got clarity on that point, you know? And and so now when there are people that are saying that permaculture is all about a fairly, um, uh, oh, what's the word? What's, what's the word for that kind of uh, religion, a pagan? It's, it's full of pagan stuff that it's, worship of the sun and worship of the soil. And it's like, no, no, it, it doesn't, it doesn't have any of that. Bill Mollison said so. Bill Mollison specifically said it and it's on YouTube. He said 
There is there is no metaphysics in permaculture. None. Zero. I think that that's kind of an important thing. That that helped because there was a bunch of there was there was so much stuff in the United States. And my, my understanding is is that it was very little elsewhere, but um, there was so much of it going on that it was it was very emphatic that this is part of permaculture. And so it's like that was that was being a major turnoff to people that wanted to to, to embrace a lot of permaculture stuff, and they were kind of like, "Oh, I don't want to do it because of that." And and it's like no, so it's now we know now it's been made very very clear by Bill Mollison. Now of course he has died, so we don't have that anymore. And um, I think that you know if it comes to permaculture leadership, like how to make decisions about this kind of stuff, we can turn to Jeff. I mean he is the chosen one from Bill. The problem being, of course, is that there's a lot of other people in the permaculture community that don't put a lot of weight in what Jeff has to say. And so it's like, okay, so Jeff is our leader, but Jeff's also kind of insisting everybody needs to sign up for, you know, PRI stuff and things like that. And it's like, no, no, everybody's into that. But, and Jeff also says, you don't, like, Jeff makes it clear. In one of the podcasts that I recorded with him, Jeff said, you can have a permaculture garden, and you can tell the world you have a permaculture garden, and you can do this. You can use permaculture in all of your endeavors, including your business endeavors, without having taken a PDC. The only thing that you're not supposed to do is teach a PDC unless you've taken a PDC. So, therefore, I mean, and, and in fact, you know, permaculture is kind of designed to be able to sustain itself in a way but that also kind of makes that we don't have a leader or, you know, a strong voice to help make these decisions for us and, and to help provide this, this clear, strong direction like Bill Mollison did. But I think that if we had somebody that was really good, like for example, Willie Smith's and, um, and he was very much participating in all of these different, conferences and advocating permaculture and and he had a team that was going to I'm not sure what um, uh, maintain some mega wiki maybe um, uh, I'm I'm not sure but but basically be able to say here's what we're doing here's where we're going this is our plan for permaculture at this time. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what a great leader is going to bring to the table. But I do think that, that resolving some of these questions that pop up from time to time is going to be good. I just kind of feel like we haven't had any great big question that needed to be resolved other than, to me, this this whole element of this uh, this thing where some people just need to watch the world burn, this, this negativity, this poison in our in our community. And I don't even know what Bill Mollison would say about the poisoning in the permaculture community. I wonder but, what the people who are all poisony, I wonder what they need. I think a lot of people who first sort of discover that the world has lots of problems that they didn't realize were there and now are sad <laughs> uh, are going through a thing. I wonder if the people who are kind of poison are going to stay that way or if they could be supported to move through that to a more positive moment. If they got something, I don't know. 
I don't know either. Um, I think each person is going to be different, and it's going to be such a massive effect. I kind of feel like probably – I'm going to guess because there's no way to really know. I'm going to guess that 70 to 80% of the ugly that we see on the Internet um, is coming from uh, corporate trolls. So the general permaculture mission is contrary to the mission of their employers. And so it's wise to try to sour permaculture stuff in general, especially the leadership of permaculture. And so I'm going to guess a good 70% is corporate trolls. Then I think we've got some natural trolls, which, you know, are largely fueled by what the corporate trolls are saying. And so then they just continue to carry that message, which is a dark and ugly message. And frankly, if we want to see permaculture do better, the people in our permaculture community that are not trolls or not corporate trolls need to stand up for goodness and decency or else permaculture is just going to forever flail in this weird soup it's in. Um, I mean, I think, I think permies.com does a good job of eliminating the trolls, you know, but um, I think that there's a lot of discussion outside of Permisa. And, um, and that's, and that's where the darkness continues. Anyway, all right. Um, perhaps there's uh, some people out there who they see what's wrong with the world and because they feel powerless to fix it personally, then that's just sort of like their rage um, that they're expressing. I do feel like, um, I don't know, the stuff that, that I feel like where I know the people, like I've met the people, that their issue is kind of an obey or else thing. It's like, hey, Paul, you have a large audience. I need you to tell your audience this thing. And then I'm like, I'm not okay with that. Then they're like, do it or else. So they want to play hardball. They're going to be like, you're going to tell them that or else. And, and then what you've observed is the, is what they could do in the or else department. And so those are ones that I've actually met face to face. And I, and and then they got to the point where they needed to tell me. And and so often it's kind of like, why don't you take a time to understand what I'm trying to do? And so then and then I think you will agree that what you're proposing doesn't fit well with what I'm trying to do. No, no, no. Look, stop with that bullshit. Just do what I'm telling you to do, or else. So I don't know. There's a fair amount of that. And and so then. Katie, I think your question's a good one. What do these people need? And it's like, I don't know. I mean, this kind of stuff happens in office politics as well. You know, it's, it's like, I'm sure, I'm sure that you've been in a situation, uh, whether it's like going to university or uh, working with a neighbor or working at an office of some sort or at a job or anything where somebody asks 
something unreasonable of you. And when you attempt to decline, then they say obey or else. I'm sure you had it happen. I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast has had it. I mean, is there any, have any of you never experienced that? Okay. Silence. So. Yeah, there are people out there who they want to be in control of something. And sometimes the easiest thing is to try to get somebody else to do something for you. There's that. Sure. Yeah. But um, I think that anybody who's productive um, is probably going to be the number one target. If somebody observes that Katie is productive, then they're going to say, I'm going to make Katie do my thing so I look good. And so, yeah, I'm gonna, and then if, if Katie doesn't, I'm gonna try and make a suggestion, and if Katie doesn't buy the suggestion, then I'm gonna, you know, be a little more emphatic to get my way. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll out, obey, or else. Katie, ever? Have you never had this up? Probably have, and didn't think of it that way at the time. Uh, just been like, oh, I didn't have the power to do anything in this situation. That was a bummer. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't do the thing, but I also didn't have a great situation. Um, I wonder, I mean, it seems like if somebody's just being impassable or unworkable, you just go around and try to build up without, without them until they're ready to, to be a good participant, like uh, to, to treat fairly or to treat well. Um, but it can be hard to go around if they're coming for you. But if you can sort of try to dodge out of the way and avoid the whole like, oh, okay, bye. Um, and then, and build something good with the people who do have the skills to work together. Um, and help, help people build skills to work together. Um, but it's just, if, if people are trolls intentionally trying to bring you down, that's very hard to combat without some sort of, um, some, some skill I've never had, which is very good social, I don't know, some sort of social dance guard, so to speak, like a, like they, they know how to socially, um, operate so that they function essentially as a guard, but in a way that they're not just like hitting, but making clever social statements that sort of block. I don't know if I'm communicating this properly. <laughs> I think that there's going to be thousands of different flavors of people impeding stuff and and it's like uh and i and i i suspect that to discuss these I mean, we could fill a library with books on on all the different things on how one might navigate the different kinds of unkindnesses that somebody might try to do but uh, but basically you're right what we try to do is we we try to accomplish great things despite these hurdles and uh, sometimes we go over, sometimes we go around, sometimes under, sometimes we go in a different direction. You know, whatever it takes to, to be able to get something done. And um, I I kind of feel like the more you get done, the more hurdles you're presented with. Um, so, blah. as we're talking about, so and and I kind of feel like in permaculture, in permaculture we get like 20 to 50 times more hurdles than almost any other 
group, uh, I could use the word industry, any other kind of uh, uh, entity, you know, we seem to be bait for the people that cause problems. And so permaculture as a group is trying to change a status quo or a norm out there too, right? I mean, that's true. What what other, what other groups? It's like I'm in a cycling group and we're not trying to change the, the, the basic structure of bicycles or, you know, how to pedal them, um, you know, and going at odds with the cycling industry as it were. So, uh, that, like you said, corporate trolls is probably where you're going to see that big difference in the, the people trying to stop it or trying to, you know, fuck it up essentially. So I, yep, I think that's a, that's a pretty good point. I'm not sure how much, well, I guess we are. So I know that, for example, I wish to make a suggestion to a hundred million people about how to cut their carbon footprint, their personal carbon footprint. And, uh, so I am looking for global change and uh, I am looking to infect brains, but I'm also, so I, and I could, so I could kind of see your point where it's like, well, I'm going to go in, I'm going to try and suggest an alternative for folks, then uh, there's there's a lot of people where their natural reaction is going to be, don't tell me what to do. And and so, I don't know, I, a part of it is, is how do we package the message? And I think, uh, I like to think I do a pretty good job of trying to make suggestions on how how people might choose to do things as opposed to something where it's like, uh, uh, telling people what they have to do. You have to do it what I tell you. I, I hope I'm not saying you have to do what I tell you. I, I like to think I'm doing it as more like, here's an idea. I think a, a bicycle group would kind of do that too. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to draft off of the person in front of me that should make the pedaling about 10% easier. I'm going to uh, choose between panniers or a little trailer. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose what kind of clothes I wear to make it you know possibly a little easier for me as I'm pedaling. Things of that nature, and of course you know they're gonna advocate what what it is that they do. Yeah, I meant more along the lines of. When there are people out there, say in the, the permaculture world, who are saying, you know, there are things that Monsanto is doing that are not good, and there are ways that you can reduce your consumption of non-renewable resources, and there's things that you can do that essentially would take money away from existing industries um, to make the world a better place that those existing industries, you know, it's in their financial interests to create the corporate trolls, you know, to try to, um, you know, push back against the permaculture movement. That's what I meant by that. Okay. Okay. All right. Anything else? Katie? It seems like a, a way to combat negativity is with positive positive enthusiasm about all these excellent projects. And so I think more and more um, videos and podcasts and just everything um, saying, look at this wonderful thing. Isn't this, isn't this awesome? And Paul, I think that's what 
a lot of what you do. But the more that we have of that, if you hear a negative comment or see somebody bringing things down, you can say, I'm just going to ignore that. And I'm going to come out with something positive that people can get more excited about than the fun of like watching things burn or the fun of the negativity. Um, even better, the positivity. Right. Right. No, I think, I think you're right. I think that the thing to do is, is to keep up with the positivity and keep trying to, you know, build and build and build. Um, and, uh, uh, I, but at the same time, I also feel like I'm not a permaculture leader. Like when I think of a permaculture leader, I, I'm thinking like, I want somebody who's going to, um, uh, be an, be an eloquent speaker who um, ends up attending two or three conferences a month. And um, on top of that, they've, they've got like, uh, I don't know, stronger, re- like a, a stronger resources, I guess. Like they're going to have, uh, they're going to produce more content than I produce. They're going to, I don't know, have some kind of way. All right. I think I think somebody who's I think we could find somebody like I keep thinking I keep seeing Willie Smith's doing this, but it could be anybody who you know like a uh, the other thing is is to run a big ass nonprofit that's going to have like maybe a hundred employees wouldn't that be something? That would be awesome. Yeah. So and, many introverts could help with that. And, and it's like, uh, um, that would, that would be really fantastic. And then another thing is, is that it's kind of like, uh, well, all right. I, my, my another, my another thing is totally off on another topic. So I'm going to skip that. I agree. Build good things. Just keep going. Just keep building lots and lots and lots of good things. And at the same time, I do believe, I firmly believe, that right now, all of my stuff, just, just looking at my stuff, all of my stuff would be in a thousand times more brains right now if it, if not for the, the burners, if not for the people that just are so negative and they just want to see the world burn or obey or else or whatever, all this negative shit. Because I I kind of feel like um it's it's poisoning our group. And so um and it's like the only way I can think of I mean of course you know permis.com is doing a lot to mitigate that. And so outside of permis.com the only thing I could think of is to stand up for goodness and decency. You know? I think another good one is to say there's plenty, there's, there's many schools of thought under the permaculture umbrella. I think, which is the, the thing I ended with, uh, the keynote back, uh, at permaculture voices one. But, uh, I agree. I, I continue to produce a, a lot of stuff about building good things. Um, the skip book is in layout right now. Um, it'll hopefully be going to the printer in a week or so. Um, and we're doing layout review right now. Um, uh, it's, you know, lots and lots and lots happening on that front. Um, and, uh, I, 
I basically, I mean, I don't think that there's anything like Skip out there, especially in the world of permaculture. And so I think that this could be a tool that really helps move things forward. And I think it's a very positive thing. And it's, it's purely positive. All of Skip is positive. I think the Building a Better World book is very positive. I think that, you know, I don't know. I think it's politics that's, that's dominantly negative. And it does seem like the negativity is, is to meet somebody's needs and they're shaming people who are doing good things. I wish that we had stronger leaders. So, um, I, I wish that we had the, I, I feel, I feel, I feel bad for permaculture that if, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm the, like one of the top three people that are leading permaculture right now in the United States, I feel really bad for permaculture. I'm not trying to be a leader. I'm, I'm trying to, to, to be, um, of influence. I'm trying to make suggestions and present ideas and do experiments. But I don't think that that's, that's like, that's, that's not that cool leadership stuff of, you know, um, being a great presenter at, at so many conferences and stuff, which is what I think we really need. Okay. Ah, anything else to add into this? Anybody? No? Okay. If you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about good things. <laughs> Homesteading and permaculture. All, all the, the time. time. Hi, this is Mark. Sometimes talking to a friend or family member about permaculture can be met with a blank stare if it's all new to them. A great way to explain some of it can be over a card game using permaculture playing cards, which each have interesting facts with quality illustrations and descriptions. A wide range of people, places, and things, all related to permaculture, can be found on the permaculture playing cards at richsoil.com forward slash cards.